amazing the way God works though. When I was in worship, God told me that he wanted me to share an example. And so I was asking him, where is, where is my example? And so I was thinking and praying as I was in worship what the example that he was telling me he wanted me to share. And uh, there was my example right there. <laughs> Woo! That testimony just, that rocked me. Anyway, that was excellent testimony. So, I just have this, I've got this, who this deep, deep, deep-seated mandate from God that I, it just, I'm, I, I mean, every day it just grows. It just, it's expanding inside of me in, in, a, in a way I don't even know how to put to words. Um, But as Michelle was sharing that testimony about putting on her vision board sheet, we prayed over about a about their first child, and he came, and about a house, and it happened, and then about a second child, and it didn't happen. The worst thing that can happen in a person's life is that they start developing faith in God. The worst thing that can happen, the worst thing, because of what I'm going to tell you and show you and I'm going to preach to you today, the worst thing that can happen is that a person begin to develop God, they begin to see faith working, they begin to see manifestations in their life, and then, Something happens that creates doubt and then the enemy tries to convince them that you either have faith or you have doubt. And that's not true. I'm going to tell you again, that's not true. All through the Bible, all through the Bible, people had faith And then circumstances happened at a certain time that created doubt. And every time they gave in to the doubt, it affected their faith. Let's just take Abraham. God told him some things. Move from your country, go to another place. When you move, don't take any of your family. Don't take anything with you. Just go. I'm going to take you to a place and I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to use you to bless all the nations of the earth. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abraham got excited. He had a barren, a wife that was barren, could bear no children. He had some questions in the back of his mind, but, you know, something's got to work. Some time went by, about 10 years went by. Things weren't happening. His wife came to him, kind of like the way Eve did, to Adam. Um, Why don't you have relations with my maid, and we'll take the child from her, and we'll make him that so we can be what God says we can be. 
What happened? Ten years went by and things didn't happen and doubt set in. What happened? It robbed them of their faith and they started trusting in their ability to make it happen instead of the fact that God, what He promised, He was able to perform. Did Abraham get past that? Did he get past the doubt? Yeah, we see it in Scripture. In Romans chapter 4, we see that he overcame that and he became absolutely fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform that. When I was watching that testimony today, man, there's no greater joy in my heart than to see somebody go through something difficult, doubt trying to set in, doubt trying to rule in the midst of something that didn't happen the way that she believed that it was going to happen. Has anybody ever had a situation like that happen? I'm just talking about, you know, in in anything where you thought it was going to happen and it didn't. There's no greater joy that I have than to see someone come out of that and not blame God. How do you not blame God in a situation like that? God is God. He can do whatever. Why didn't he do something? Why didn't... I I, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I just know that God is good and nothing in in this life that happens that is bad was God. I just know that. See, I know that from his word. I know that from his promises. Now, you you can... build a doctrine in your head that things are a certain way because of the way things happened or the way they, 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 they ended up being, and you can say that that is God, but if it doesn't line up with the Word, then it's not God. And there's a, there's a passage of Scripture, put, put me up, um, Matthew 21, 21. Matthew 21 and 21. I want you to look at these words right here. We've read this in the last few weeks, but I want to read it again. Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed... And, go ahead, and, and whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. He said, if you have faith and not doubt, what happens is we start out in faith and then when the natural circumstances look like faith isn't working, then what happens is we... we but, through, through default, we, we end up trusting in the circumstances instead of what God had promised. And all day long, we can argue that, yeah, but this happened and it worked out this way. Yeah, but if it doesn't line up here, if he said that you can have faith and doubt together, then what has to happen is our faith that we're developing just has to continue. You can have faith 
in your heart and doubt in your head and overcome the doubt that's in your head with the Word of God. doesn't mean that we don't have doubts. But when you come out on the other side in something as challenging as that testimony was right there, and you come out on the other side of that, I mean, you know what? If she takes a day off and just drops her guard, doubt can set in. Yeah, but you know, if, you, if God was really God, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but if this would have really, see, but, but if I would have had enough faith. The stories in the Bible tell us that when Peter was walking on water, he was walking on water with little faith. Because Jesus pointed out that his faith was little. How many in here have ever walked on water other than ice? I mean, I've got some friends that, that ice fish on, in, in, on Lake Michigan, and, and they ice fish out there, and they set up little huts out there, and, they, and so they're out there walking on water, but it's frozen. I'm talking about walking on water. Peter walked on water with little faith. Yeah, he began to sink. Why? Because he got moved by the circumstances. But he operated on walking on water with little faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith. It doesn't even take a lot of developed faith for things to work. But what happens is, no matter how much your faith gets developed, doubt is coming. No matter how much your faith is developed, doubt is coming after you. It's going to attack your head. It's going to try to talk you out of it. Because what it wants you to do is it wants you to back off from the Word of God becoming real to you and you being absolutely persuaded that what God had promised, He's able to do it. Because... The rest of this passage right here in Matthew 21, 21, the same account is in Mark 11 and verse 23. And he said, it says in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, the way it's worded here is, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to come to pass, he'll have everything that he says. Now, I'm just telling you based on what I know for myself after 42 years. If I declare something and I pray something and I command something to be and I don't get it, based on that verse of Scripture, it means that I don't believe it. I'm just telling you what he said. So the tendency is, well, okay, so pastor's saying, I didn't get what I was believing for, so I didn't believe it. Not to the level that it takes to receive it. So what do we do? We throw in the towel, we give up because we didn't see something we wanted to see? Or do we press in even harder, even more, as Michelle was saying, what, came, what happened to her? She came through that. She realized some things about herself. See, that's, that's not real good, that's not politically correct stuff. 
See, because, you know, you, you, you can't blame somebody because something didn't work out. That's not what we're saying. We're not blaming a soul. We're saying that when things don't happen the way we're believing, there are indicators that the development of trust and faith in God has to get stronger and deeper in our lives. Amen. There's not anybody sitting in here today that in one form or another, if you've been born again at all for any period of time, you've been disappointed somewhere in believing God for something. Can you say amen to that? I mean, there's not anybody that hasn't been disappointed. But God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. And he will not let us down. And our word for this year that we've been talking about since the 30th of December is clarity. Who he is and who we are in him has to become more clear. And I, I, I like these words that I've used um, as a definition of clarity. It's, it's clearness. Getting all the fuzzy stuff out of the way. To be able to comprehend something. Transparent. Nothing hidden. Clarity, there's nothing hidden. It's clear. You, you know exactly what it is that you need to see. And, and, I, and I added this one. Absolute assurance. Clar clarity produces this absolute assurance about what it is that I'm looking at and what it is I'm perceiving. I know without a doubt that it's absolutely true. In, a, in the world that we live in today, the enemy... Some, some people don't even like to acknowledge the fact that there is an enemy. I mean, we can call him all kinds of relative names, you know, for the, the day and time we're living in. But to get right down to it, his name is the devil, Satan himself. Amen? That's who he is. And he works overtime to convince us that what we see and feel, what we experience in life, the things that happen to us, are more real than what God has said. See, if you build your life and doctrine in your life on experiences, you'll always be let down. I'm going to say it again. If you build your life on experiences, you will always be let down. I mean, you will constantly be let down. You'll be up one day, down the next. But when you stay with God's Word and you deal with the experiences and the emotions... And you deal with the attacks that the enemy brings to your mind. And you shut those things down. One of the passages of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 10 says, Bring every thought captive in a place of obedience to who Jesus is. What Jesus has said. He's the living word. The things we're talking about today that we're, that we're talking about concerning clarity and vision. These are things that he has said. We've got to bring every thought in our life to where it lines up with the way he thinks and what he says so we can't be talked out of issues in our life because of experiences. You're going to always have experiences that potentially want to let you down. God will never let you down. His word will never let you down. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word, never. It's always been true. It will always be true. And all it's looking for is somebody to trust it and stay with it through the difficult times.
It's one thing when you're on the mountaintop and you're talking about how good God is. But it's another thing when you're going through the valley. Right? We don't camp out in the valleys. We go through them, though. But listen, they're not, it's not like, well, I think I'll go through a valley today. No, no, no. We, we just go through life. And sometimes some of the things we're walking through, it's kind of low, but he's leading you through it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, David said. Why? Because his word and his spirit, they comfort me. They strengthen me. They empower me through everything that I deal with. Though I walk through those things, I come out on the other side like that testimony right there, how great God is. Looking for the next Vision Sunday. See, because vision in God doesn't stop. No matter what happens with us. There's no greater joy. 3 John verse 4 says, God has no greater joy than to see his children walking in the truth. I can say, as an under-shepherd, I have no greater joy when I see people, no matter how difficult it is, no matter what you face. I mean, you know what? In the natural, you can say, yeah, but you know what? That, that, that was too traumatic. That was too difficult. I, can't, I, I, I would never encourage someone or expect someone to walk through something like that. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay and implode internally because of, the, of, of the, all the emotion that can be attached to something like that? I'm talking about it today, Michelle and Jesus, because it was on the screen. I'm using that as an example that God wanted to use today to prove his point. What do we do? Go internally and implode? No. We deal with it. We renew our minds. We allow the word to be what it said it would be to us in the midst of no matter what. I mean, how how can you walk through something like that? Only the peace of God. Only with the peace of God. There's nothing else that can cause you to overcome a situation like that. But if you can overcome that, the sky's the limit. There's no end to what will happen in your life if you can overcome difficult times. If you can overcome the doubts that want to attack you and convince you that God is really not true to his word, if you can overcome those doubts, there's not anything you can't have. I know it. I know that's true. Look at Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3 and verse 1, and I'm going to read it out of the message translation. So my dear Christian friends, I'm saying that to you today, my dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, (laughs) man, following this call that there is in God to the highest place. Look what he says. Take a good hard look at Jesus. He is the centerpiece of everything that we believe. He is the vision for the future, Jesus Christ. (laughs) 
what creates doubt in us is a lack of understanding of what rightfully belongs to us. And that evolves all the time. So when something I thought was a certain way didn't pan out that way, the revelation of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished has to become more real to me. Because at the end of the day, what you have is a testimony for other people. And if that testimony is how God doesn't work, then it's not helping to advance the kingdom. But when you've come through something in your life and you have something to share with someone else, God opens the door. That's what he's looking for. We're we're a part of something that is a duplication process ever since he left the earth. Ever since he went to the right hand of the Father, Jesus did, and he sat down and he said, this whole thing is finished. He hasn't got up from there. He hasn't paced the floor worrying because you had a difficult situation that they think heaven didn't have the answer for. Not not ever, never will. He sat down and he's relaxing. And he's confident that we're going to stay with the development of our relationship with him And come through things so we have a testimony on the other side of how great God is. And the only thing that will bring you to the other side is Him. And who is He to us on a day-to-day basis? He's the living Word. He's the Word to us. And it's alive, it's well, it's living. And that's what He has to be to us. In this passage, he says, he's the centerpiece of everything we believe, faithful in everything God gave to him. Moses was also faithful, but Jesus gets far more honor. A builder is more valuable than a building any day. Every house has a builder, but the builder behind them all is God. Moses did a good job in God's house, but it was all servant work, getting things ready for what was to come. Christ as a son, is in charge of the house. And in the New Testament, the house of God is the church, and the church is his body in the earth. It says here that Christ is the son, he's the head over the house. Say, that's me. That's us, right? And, and this, this next piece of this verse says, Now, if we can only keep a firm grip on this bold confidence, we're the house. If I just confirm what I said, we're the house. I'm the house, you're the house, we're the house. Amen? The body of Jesus Christ around the world. If the church can grab this, we've got this thing won. Listen, you ever heard the, 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 the phrase... You know, it's like a snowball on a downhill run. If the church just has that revelation that we're the house and he's faithful to the house and he'll do everything in his word he said he would do, then it's like a, then what we need to accomplish in the earth is like a snowball on a downhill run. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? Because you can say that by faith even when it doesn't look like it's that way. See, a lot of people in the church that project, you know, 
the, the 2020 projection about how many Muslims were going to be in the earth and overtake all this, that, and the other. And then I heard a projection the other day about 2025. And you say, well, are you being critical? Yeah, kind of, yeah. I, I guess that's what I'm being is kind of critical because I don't want to hear that mess anymore. No, I, I'm a part of something that is like a snowball on a downhill run because of what I believe. I'm the house. He's faithful to the house. I'm doing my part. That's why we're preaching what we're preaching today. It would be easy, it would be easy to take the testimonial that came out on the screen today and address that in a different way. No, I took what she said and I'm enforcing it even more. I'm believing she and her husband and her family are getting stronger every day as a result of that. I mean stronger every day. Revelation is coming. Does that mean because they walked through something that now everything's perfect? No, it's not perfect. Don't look at people and put judgments on them in any way, shape, or form. I don't care what happens and what we walk through. There's always a sense of, of loss or or. Or, or the potential to have a to, to grieve about something or in a situation. I mean, there's there's natural emotion that is there, but we overcome those things. I'm not saying that they're not there, man. You let your guard down for a moment, and you can fall, find yourself right back in that. And if that's where you want to live and stay, then the enemy will make sure you that you're there, and he'll feed you and pam- pamper you and protect you and keep you in that doubt and unbelief. But we're staying in the Word. Can you say Amen to that? We're staying with the Word, and we're going to go forward in the Word, and we're going to see all those things accomplished. Why? Because, give me that Zechariah 8 and uh, the last verse, 23, just in the the New King James. Zechariah 8 and verse 23. If you weren't here last Sunday when we when we read through this chapter, it'd be good for you to go back and listen to the word. But thus says the Lord of hosts, and this, this is talking about clarity. This is talking about things that, that different statements that we have made uh, about this year that we are being used by God. L- leave that up there just for a second. We're being used by God to prove to the world who God really is. In other words, adjusting the focus and the, and, and the perception of who God is. There's many people that think God is one way, but when that's not really Him. And the only way that people can know who God really is, is when He's real to you and it's working in your life. See, a testimony like you heard today, that testimony can be used and God will bring people across her path at the right time to share things that that person needed and she, because of what she's walked through, she can help somebody else walk through it. Amen. See, if we don't believe God in the midst of what we face, then there's not a testimony. And then people's perception of God doesn't change to a higher level. See, what I'm sharing with you today about having faith in God and dealing with doubt, there are many Christian people that you may be one of them sitting in here today that if they were sitting in here today, they might stand up and rebuke me. Well, you're saying, you know, that that person didn't have any faith. I didn't say they didn't have faith. That's not even what the Scripture said. We have faith. Situations happen, and doubt attacks our head. 
And what he said to get results was to have faith and not doubt. He didn't say that we have faith or we have doubt. He's saying we have faith, doubt attacks us, and we have the ability to shut doubt down. That's what he's saying. So that what this says right here, we see ourselves just like this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from every language of the nations shall grasp the sleeve of a Jewish man, saying, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. We explained that whole chapter in last month, I don't have time to go into that. But we're comparing it as the, as the prophet Zechariah was talking and prophesying about this day, about this dispensation of time. We're engrafted Jews. And we're declaring today what he said here. That people will come and they'll grab our sleeve. Hey, hey, I'm hurting, but I've heard God is with you. I need help. That's what God's looking for. And the only way that that will happen is when the perception of who God is lines up totally with this, with the Word. And if it lines up totally with the Word and you're building that on the inside of you, then you can help other people. Listen, listen, people that doubt that it's going to happen, that's, what else can they do? They're not going to have faith just because you told them one thing. They're going to have doubt in their heads, so they got to be discipled and trained. That's why we have Connect Equips. That's why we teach the Word. That's why we give information that you're not going to just get anywhere else. In the two universities that I went to, they never one time in those universities, they gave me good knowledge of things, but they never taught me anything about the Holy Ghost about Jesus Christ, about the Word of God, or anything. They gave me knowledge. Thank God for them. They did a good job, and they gave me knowledge. You can tell how intelligent that I am. <clears throat> what are you laughing at? No. They did a good job, but they didn't tell me anything about Jesus. You know where I learned about Jesus? In the church. The church taught me that. See, Jesus is faithful to the church, to the house. He said the house. He's faithful to the house. Moses was faithful to the house in the Old Testament, and it was a good thing. It was where the presence of God was. But Jesus is faithful to the house. Who's that house? If we can grab it and we can get a hold of it, I'm the house, you're the house, we're the house. we got to stay with this thing. we got to stay faithful to it and watch it produce. Can you say Amen. Glory to God. So I want to end with this today. Romans 4. I quoted it earlier, but I think I'll do a better job of reading it now. Romans 4 and verse 17. I'm just going to read this in the New King James. And this is about Abraham. 
When God changed Abraham's name, when God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, all those years from when in Genesis chapter 12 on, all those years, um, 20 some odd years, 23, 24 years, his name was Abram. And God changed his name, which meant father of nations. And he still had no child, and his wife was still barren, and nothing had happened, okay? He had produced Ishmael, and he had produced it his way, and it didn't work, and God said, that's not who I'm blessing in, 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 in this situation. It's going to come from your loins. We're going to do it my way. And when he called him that at 99 years old, and, she, she, and Sarah was 90, and she still had no child, and it didn't happen like the Holy Spirit coming over Sarah. And Sarah, and I mean over Mary, and Mary being a, a virgin and having a child at 16. It didn't happen like that. Sarah was 90 years old. And her 99-year-old husband, they had a physical relationship. And they bore a child. Because God said. And 10 months to the day, almost, after God changed his name, 10 months after God changed his name, and Abraham began talking it, Sarah conceived. And she had that child. Because Abraham became fully convinced. And what I'm reading to you right now in the New Testament has nothing to do with the other previous 24 years where there was doubt and unbelief and him trying to make it happen and in fear and he lied about one thing or another. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in his life. Like Michelle said earlier, as time has gone on in her life, God has revealed to her things that need to change in her. Abraham wasn't ready. Abram wasn't ready to do what needed to be done. Because doubt had filled his head. He had faith. He trusted God to a point. But he had to get rid of the doubt to believe what now in the New Testament, this, if, if, if a person only read about Abraham in the New Testament, they wouldn't know any of his dirty laundry. And you know what? The blood of Jesus has wiped away all your dirty laundry. Amen. Now what's known about you is how you walk in faith. And this is what was said. As it is written, verse 17, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. Abraham believed. Who? God. Who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. That's what we have to learn to do every single day in our life. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. He became the father of many nations because of what was spoken. What was spoken? God calling him the father of many nations. How did God calling him the father of many nations cause this to come to pass? Because he believed God. Did you hear me? Well, maybe Sarah's got another handmaid. Maybe she's got another lady around the house and we can try it one more time. Maybe this one will work. 
He didn't do that. He tried it one time. That wasn't what God was looking for. God's saying, don't try to help me. I've got this covered. You just have to trust me. Who contrary to hope, in hope, verse 18 again, believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. That's what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Who's his descendants? Me and you. We're all his descendants. And not being weak in faith, not being weak in faith. He had had faith before, but he got weak in it. Why? Because he was moved by the natural circumstances. He was moved by what he saw instead of staying faith and trust in God. Over this 10-month period of time, he got strong in God, believing that what God had spoken, it was coming to pass. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already, already dead since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb at 90, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced. That's what clarity is. It's you coming to the place now, I'm fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. If God said it, he's already done it. For it to be performed in my life, I have to call things that appear like they're not as though they are. That's how I take the Word of God on a day-to-day basis, apply that Word to things that appear like they're dead, like Sarah's womb was. They look like they're dead, but I'm calling them alive. And only God can show you how to work that and how to do that day-to-day. Abraham believed God and what God spoke. What did God speak? I call you the father of many nations. All your descendants will be blessed as a result of it. Go back and read Genesis chapter 12, it'll show you everything that God spoke to him right in the beginning of it. But 25 years later, Isaac was born, and the manifestation of what God already said was came to pass. Why? Because some things had to be worked out in him. Did some ugly things happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. But did he come through it? Absolutely. He became fully convinced. Eyes were wide open. He was clear in knowing only what God said. Because I tell you what, it was 10 years when he went in with Hagar and had Ishmael. It was 10 years. But it was another 15 years and he didn't alter. Because he kept growing and growing and overcoming and overcoming that mistake and that fault and the thing that happened. He overcame that and he came to the place where he believed that what God had promised he's able to produce. You and I, in this year, in 2019, we have to get so clear in who our God is. And I'm telling you, God is just faithful to that. I encourage you, if you've not come to any of our Connect Equip classes. If you're not, I mean, you can, be a, you can go to Connect Equips and, and be a part of one of the Connect Socials also. But if you haven't gone to one of those and gone through one of those, just an intensive for six weeks, six Monday nights, where you get word that you need 
to build things inside of you that will cause you to see clearly and to hear clearly and to know God in a greater way. I, mean, I just encourage you to sign up for one of those and, and, and become and be a part of that because it will help you and it will cause you to see things and have a right perspective of God. Because listen, everybody has a wrong perspective in one way or another. I mean, I used, to, I used to have, I mean, 42 years ago when I first got saved, I had all kinds of thoughts about God that were incorrect, but it was what I knew. And so God took me where I was at, but as I began to walk through that, my eyes began to be more clear and open to who he really was. And that's the way it is with everybody. God has great patience. Hmm? 25 years with, with Abraham, if he has to wait 50 years for you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But listen, when he became fully convinced, 10 months later, that child was born. When he became fully convinced, 10 months later, that child was born. When you and I come to a place where not us laboring to believe and I'm trying to believe it, no, no, you're not really believing when you're trying to. But when you know that you know that you know, it's around the corner things you're believing for around the corner because God is faithful to his word. I'm so glad in my life, I'm so glad that I never quit pressing into God in the midst of things I couldn't understand. I'm so glad I never quit because today I can stand here and tell you that I'm fully convinced what God has promised for your life, he'll do it for you. But just because I believe it doesn't mean it'll work for you. But man, I'll do everything I can to encourage you to believe the Word of God. Because the Word 